Hello and welcome to Dream Life Best Fit Role with me, Nikki Smith. I'm a psychologist and a career and business coach. I believe everybody can love their work and I help people to use their natural strengths to transform their work life and love their job. These podcast episodes shine a light on individuals who have created their dream life best fit role or business. I focus on how they've played to their natural strengths, those activities that energize and inspire them, and how they've conducted many experiments to take the fear out of change and generate momentum. Hello everyone, I'm delighted to be chatting to Melanie Taylor today. Mel is the Chief Energy Officer of Success on Purpose. Success on Purpose was created to make the shift from supporting clients to die well to supporting clients to live well as a palliative care nurse. Melanie realized through her own experience of burnout, anxiety and depression that it's not sustainable to keep giving without receiving and she learned how to be selfish, so which she regards as self to receive self-love and live from the heart and then give out her overflow. As a mentor, Melanie cares for the carers. How much is that needed? And she supports and powers the release of limiting belief systems and fear-based emotions to learn how to receive in order to contribute more to the world and allow dreams to manifest into reality. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to chat with Mel today. We caught up recently and she said some things that actually made me stop in my tracks. So you will be hearing about those throughout the interview today. So first up, I like to invite guests to tell us a bit about their work history. So what attracted you to nursing and can you tell us what happened from there? Yes. Well, it was interesting because growing up, I had this deep feeling inside that I always wanted to be a nurse. It wasn't really that anyone was around me, but that was a nurse, like my mum wasn't a nurse or you know anyone in my family. But I suppose what did happen, I had two incidents in my life that were pinnacle to this, was when I was six um, in grade prep, so six years old, one of my classmates died of brain cancer. I didn't realize that actually this was more in the subconscious, how it had affected me. I didn't realize till later on when I started doing this sort of work on myself that I realized the profound impact it had on me. And also my dad was, um, my dad was in a really bad car accident and he nearly died a couple of times. So uh, he spent six months in hospital and the nurses were just absolutely beautiful. So I think they had a um, beautiful impact on me and the way they beautifully cared for my father. And so, yeah, I thought, right, it's a beautiful profession and you can really help people and make a difference. And I saw the difference that they made um, and wanted to do the same, the same for others, which I've been so fortunate to do. What happened next? Well, then I went through school, went through the, the process, school, secondary school, and then I applied to university and I lived in Ballarat. So it was bit more of a country town than it is now. I lived out, out of Ballarat in the country and I applied to go to university in Melbourne. I applied to do a double degree. I did uh, applied science, health promotion and, and the nursing. And to be honest, I probably didn't really, didn't really think I'd get in, I don't think. But because, yeah, that was my top preference and I did. <laughs> I got in. So then I had to make the move. Um, there was a few of us that moved to, to Ballar- from Ballarat to Melbourne to study at university. So um, it was, that was actually a big thing back in the day, leaving all my friends and family. There was only, yeah, a few of us that, had, that went to, to Melbourne. Um, and then that started my journey. And I just always had within that a very much a fascination for oncology and cancer care. And then that's the road that I ended up going down. 
throughout my career and then that's yeah really specialized in that space went uh not not initially though I will be honest I found it very overwhelming at the start I was only in my early 20s I had patients around me in their 20s that were dying as well and there was a lot of things that we were doing and like giving the chemotherapy and the treatment and it wasn't working and people were dying and they were very young and I was young and it was a bit overwhelming initially so I went off and I did some some orthopedics which I enjoyed and went on a bit of a journey around Australia and then I came back to Ballarat and then I started doing oncology again and then it took me to places. I ended up going overseas, working in London. I worked in Wimbledon. I helped set up a stem cell unit over there uh, and came back and then just really specialised in oncology, worked in bone marrow transplant at the Royal Melbourne and then I've ended up moving into palliative care, which I've been in for the last eight years and specialised. So yeah, it's been an amazing journey and one that I'm still a bit emotional about because it's finishing. <laughs> that part of my life is finishing. But it's all the skills that I've learnt that I'm bringing with me. So it's it's not that it is finishing really. It's, it'll always be with me, but I'm just opening up a new chapter, a new chapter of my life now, which is, yeah, I feel very blessed, very excited to share this with people. Absolutely. So I think it would be helpful for us to talk about the crossroads. So yeah, Mel's moving into mentoring and and counselling and supporting people. When you're at a crossroads, can you tell us what was happening as a palliative care nurse for you and what inspired you to start this business? Yeah, sure, Nikki. I learned a lot <laughs> myself. I've been mentored myself and still am. And so this is where this business has come from. I was a very hard worker, you know, really give 100%, 110% to everything I did. And what happened is that that led to a lot of burnout. I would get really exhausted, tired. I'd have to book my, my holidays every six months and I'd just make it <laughs> to the holidays. And I decided to specialize in palliative care and I did a postgrad and this was in 2010. I was studying during my postgrad. I was working part-time and at this time I actually had two jobs. I was working in Ballarat and in Melbourne. I was training to do a half marathon and also I'm quite social, so lots of friends. So my plate was pretty full and what happened was that I actually ended up breaking my wrist and it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I then had to start looking at myself and looking at my life and I realized that I was quite destructive with myself, that I was working so hard and pushing myself and I thought well what's the point of this if I'm not actually here to enjoy it I was going down yeah quite a hard path so I started to yeah really look at things and I started to be mentored myself and I learned self-love it's really stripping back those those limiting belief systems the I'm not good enough so I'm not worthy and then I ended up when I did the postgrad I ended up ducks I got first class honours and it was such a fantastic process because I thought wow look at what I can do when I'm when I'm actually quite mean and destructive with myself or what imagine what I could do if I was really loving to myself so then I thought, wow, I want to see what else is out there for me and what else I could do. And I sort of got to as far as I could in the palliative care space without actually going on and doing, um, my, you know, nurse practitioner, which I didn't want to do. So I thought, oh, I might have a go at start a business. So yeah, my top, one of my, my two top values of, of uh, a contribution and growth. And so I wanted to, to grow more and see what else I could do in this new space because it was a crossroads. I was in a new space of actually loving myself, serving myself, being kind 
to myself and I really learned how to fill myself up so I give out my overflow so that I don't get depleted and tired anymore. And I've got a lot of wealth of information from from my own journey but also from, from working with people for such a long time in the palliative care and cancer and oncology space and so lots of lots of wisdom to share. So as I've I've been in my business now for three years and yeah, it's going along really beautifully because I give people another insight to life that they weren't aware of and help them to really live it to the fullest and, uh, and get the most out of it, which is wonderful. Yeah, I love so much of what you've said. And this is one of the things that stopped me in my track when I was chatting to Mel when she said that I re- that she sought to build a business so that she could grow and contribute more. And I've, I've heard the contribute one a lot. I haven't heard the growth one a lot. And I just thought that was brilliant. I wonder actually if we pop over now to, you're talking about the wisdom that you've gained from working in palliative care. And I think this is a topic that people find fascinating, which is, what are some of the top insights that you've gained from working and looking after people who are dying that you really want people to know? Well, <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, I feel very, very privileged to have worked in this space for such a long time because you really learn that so many things are not that important, but we place so much emphasis on them. You know, and I was a big one. I used to worry a lot and stress about life. And they just, working in this space, just brought me back to reality and just being in the present, just really living in the present and enjoying because we can tend to, we're somewhere, but we're not even there because we're thinking, oh my God, I've got to do this. I've got to be there. You know, and we're not present when we're with people. So I learned to be very present and have great connections. So that's definitely one of them. And the second one is have fun. So one of my measures of success every day is how much fun I actually had. And I was able to really do that in the palliative care space. So working in in what would seem a very challenging, hard, sad environment is such a beautiful environment. And just those deep connections with with my patients and, and with the team as well has just been amazing. And I really had fun every day. And so that's what I bring into to everything and, and inspire all my, and that's why I do a lot of inner child work and I inspire my clients as well to just have fun because if you're not really enjoying life you know then what's the point and then the third one I think before we go to the third one let's hang out with number two for a bit okay so having fun did you you know how beautiful is it to hear that phrase having fun is my measure of success so it's so succinct and so beautiful and inspiring yeah and different because what happens is we grow up (laughs) and all we want to do is be older and all we get taught really is to grow up and be responsible and and be serious you know and I think that we really take that on in life and then we go through and don't really check in with ourselves and and bring in that inner child too so that's incredibly incredibly important for me because I I know now from all the study that I've done is that we actually learn all these things we learn fear we learn to worry because that's not our natural state so I get to look at the life at life now and inspire others with curiosity with excitement and with wonder and with awe and oh I wonder how this is gonna you know turn out rather than than going to that down that fear fear line and of worry and stress and and I find that it's allowed me to also stop judging myself as well because I had so many judgments on how I should be, what things should look like. And the biggest one for me is I'll share was public speaking. I used to be paralyzed with fear. I wouldn't have even been able to do this. You know, years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this podcast because I would have thought, oh, what do I say? What's the right thing to do? And have to be proper. 
And then over time, I learned how to stop judging myself and actually be myself. And that's all I can be every day is myself. And as I came to that space, I started to relax. And then the confidence came within me. And then so now I I really enjoy public speaking because I'm not trying to do it a certain way. But I thought that public speaking meant that you had to wear a suit and um, stand up there and, you know, be all proper and have the right hand gestures and not arm and not ah. But uh, now I just get up there and be be myself and uh, I really enjoy that. And I find other people connect with that as well because it gives them permission just to, to be themselves as well. And in the in a child work, you learn you learn to be silly. I've done some really fun things, which I still do, is things like I would go when I lived in Port Melbourne, I'd go for a walk every morning and there was a park there. And then I'd go and actually have a swing on the swing every morning. And that would just give me joy and (laughs) awaken my inner child. And then people would walk past and they would just smile. And it was so beautiful. And some people would make comments and um, it was really lovely. It brought joy to me, but then I could see that the joy it was bringing to others as well. So yeah, it's a, a massive part of my life now, this, yeah, living the inner child within. Yeah, and the fun being the definition of success could be absolutely transformative for people. And we know from a previous podcast episode um, I've done with Tammy Guest that even one hour of pure fun reduces your cortisol for 50% for three days. It's not only going to dial down potentially worry or judgments, it's also going to bring down your actual hormonal cortisol level, which we know has beautiful health benefits. It's healing us, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Could you share your why now and then we'll move on to number three, tip or insight? Why? My why? Yes. I connect with my why probably about every three months. I will just write it out again just to keep me on track and really keep me in my heart and really yeah, keeps me balanced. My why is to actually open hearts really and in opening my heart, then I open others' hearts that in turn open other hearts. So it has that beautiful, beautiful ripple effect. For a long time, my heart was very closed and I lived in so much fear and worry and stress and overwhelm. And, and as I've lightened up, having more fun and really coming to my heart, there's this surge of energy that comes from within, you know, that inspiration, the intuition, life gets easier, life gets more fun. And then I can connect that and share that with others so that then they can be living their truth. And and I really believe that we are here to have fun and live our dreams and that life doesn't need to be hard. And and that was not my reality. Previously, I I found life very hard. I really struggled. Um, And now I really am enjoying life. and, And I believe that, yeah, we're here to live our dreams. And the only place we can really live them from is, is from our heart. So it's about opening up our heart so we can connect with everything we really desire. Yeah. And to hear that it's just such a life is such a different experience for you is fantastic. And was there a part of the why that you shared with me at our catch up around curing cancer? Oh, gosh, definitely. <laughs> well, it's, you know, as you share about the cortisol, it's, it's the inflammatory stress response that is actually harmful and destructive and causes uh, all of this disease. It's also, well, this is what I've learned over time um, in watching, sharing, listening, listening, listening to my clients and my patients. And, and, and they really shared about that. You know, some have said that they know that time in life when they just had so much, so much stress that that's when the, they, the, the cancer actually 
um, was caused. So I really want to, yeah, support people in having more fun and releasing the, all of those stresses. And also the another part of that huge, huge part is learning how to grieve and express and relieve emotions. Because I also believe that it's all of those suppressed emotions that are in our body, in our stomach, you know, or, or within our body that is um, a cause of this disease and cancer as well. Because I see that though it's very toxic. Our body actually is very addicted and it gets very addicted to emotions and it gets really addicted to shame, to hate, to anger, to all these fear-based emotions. And if we're not actually secreting them and building new neuronets in the brain to make new emotions, then they actually stay in the body and manifest and cause destruction and um, and a lot of harm. So, yeah, I really want to support people in preventing them getting sick and really changing their mindset on, on what's important in life as well because we get, we're get we so driven to work hard, to get lots of money, to accumulate a lot of wealth, to plan for retirement. But I've seen a lot of so many clients that um, have done that and they didn't actually get to enjoy their retirement because when they stopped, their body just goes, thank God, you finally stopped. And then the, the cancer actually manifests and progresses. Um, and then I, in lots of situations, one partner will actually actually die. Um, and then all of those plans for retirement just can't be fulfilled at all. So yeah, it's about learning how to live now rather than, you know, waiting, waiting all the time, waiting for this, waiting for that. It's just really changing that mindset to live, live in the now and enjoy what we have. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, you can do that by having many retirements along the way and by having more fun every day. What would be your third insight that you wanted to share from your work in palliative care? What I really learned was gratitude. So, so grateful for my patients, for just everything for that, because I learned gratitude so, so, so deeply. Um, and, you know, we can tend to, you know, worry about money, worry about this, worry about that. And, you know, sometimes it was a struggle to get out of bed, you're tired and you think, oh God, I can't be bothered. But I would always just go to gratitude and think of my patients and just be grateful. And, and I'd look at my arms and my legs and I'd go, wow, they work so well. Thank you. And, and then it just took me to more and more gratitude. So it just gets deeper. So then I hop in the shower in the morning and I've got the hot water running down my neck and my head. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for this beautiful water. And I hop into bed at night and I lie there on my mattress. I'm just so in gratitude. Thank you for that. So I just get to, and it makes life a lot easier as well because it's saves you a lot of energy because we we lose so much energy when we worry and when you can live in gratitude you can stop your body from going through that whole process that drains your energy and then you can actually have more and I was laughing actually last night I was driving home and there was all these roadworks and in the past I used to get really frustrated with roadworks and you know lots of traffic and I'd be like oh God, I just want to get home. And then now having seen what I've seen, and also I had a trip to Vietnam recently, I am so grateful for our roads. <laughs> and so I'm able to slow down and be really, be really grateful for that. So yeah, my beautiful patience and especially health. That's the, you know, that's the number one thing is to have our health is just everything. So I'm just really grateful for that. And what I'm able to do every day, these legs that walk and just, yeah, I can dance and, and have a wonderful time. So yeah. Yeah, when, it, when anything's my brain takes me to alternate places of worry, I just bring myself right back to gratitude and just go, okay, well, what have I got to be grateful about? And that just shifts me immediately every time. 
Absolutely. And I I know I need to be reminded about this about every three months. I know, I know this and I know that they've even proven with studies that being grateful for three things a day, they need to be different things, but they can be small things or big things. Just three things a day, writing it down can boost your happiness by 30% in 21 days. So we know this works, but it is interesting. I still need to be reminded every few months to come back to gratitude. So it's so good to hear you talk about it today. Well, if I can take that to another depth, Nikki, what I do every night is I, I write down one thing that I'm grateful for about myself so that I'm, you know, really seeing myself. And then it's actually about connecting to how that makes you feel. So you do that three times. And then you go down the depth because what that does is teaches your body to be addicted to other emotions like love, joy, peace, rather than to the fear, shame, hate emotions. So it actually starts to rewire your body. So that's, it's really powerful. Brilliant. I love that. So when you were looking at this career transition, so just to explain to everyone listening in, so Melanie was working in palliative care, wanting to experience more contribution and growth and was looking back at her life and so she did start this business on the side and it's something that I recommend to all my clients of starting a business on the side because you get to connect with the pure joy of it and grow it organically and you get to conduct mini experiments as you go and test things out. Can you tell us a bit about now that your business is growing and you're ready to leave palliative care can you tell us a bit about the before during and after so perhaps before finishing during finishing and after finishing because it's not easy is it no decision is is often a hundred percent yes off I go you reflected in a moment a little while ago about how it's it's not all positive leaving palliative care you're going to miss it miss certain elements of it so could you go into a bit of detail for that with us yeah, sure. It's, um, it makes me so emotional, but I, it's a part of me that I must do this for my clients, my patients, because I've looked after a lot of young ones that have died and they would give everything I know to be able to have the opportunities that I have. And every time a patient died, I would that would just inspire me to live life more and more and more and more. So now I've actually got to that place where I'm just ready to take that next step and my whole philosophy became about, you know, teaching, supporting people to die well. And I've done that so wonderfully and, and so grateful and really enjoyed it. So then it is the flip now of, of, of teaching people how to live well, because when we live well, then we also die well. So I can actually get to start to, to come back to the root of things. So I can support people so much more to get more out of their life. So that then when they do get to that time when they die, it's going to be a, just a, such an easy, beautiful process because I've lived life to the fullest because I don't have any regrets. So a big focus of this podcast is what are the mini experiments that you've taken to take you from A to B? And so when you're looking at wanting to counsel or mentor people, what were the mini experiments you took to test that idea out and get some clarity and momentum? Well, I initially, when I decided I wanted to to go into business, I started in a mentoring um, leadership group, an entrepreneurial leadership group. So I joined a group with a lot of other people that were somewhere in businesses, somewhere just interested in business. And so the key for me was actually getting those support networks out there because I had no idea, no idea about business. It was just such a different world for me. But I've one of my top strengths, which I suppose we'll talk about soon, is 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 learner. So I love to learn and as I shared earlier, I love to grow. 
So I surrounded myself with other like-minded people. And then uh, my mentor at the time, he said to go into divorce, go into the divorce space. Initially, I thought, oh, that that doesn't really make any sense. I haven't been divorced or anything. But then I realized that my skills were so transferable. So working with clients that are dying is a death, death of themselves and, you know, supporting the, the carers. And then when someone's going through divorce, it's also a death. It's a death of a relationship. And it's a putting death to a part of themselves because they have to grow and be, become a new person. So I spent quite a bit of time doing that, actually, probably oh, even a year and a half, I think. And so I was working with lawyers, with family lawyers and their clients and helping them to transition through divorce. So that was one of the first things I went into and was was in, was enjoying it. But I was probably, yeah, there was a part of it that just wasn't quite clicking. And then from that, I ended up actually working with children. So, and now I work with a lot of children and I teach them emotional intelligence and resilience and, and just how to manage, you know, the day-to-day lives and, and, and preventing them from going down that path of worry um, that, that we all can tend to go down. So that was, that was a wonderful thing that came from it. Um, and then as it evolved, I started to, to work with more business people, professionals, busy mums, just wanting to get more balance in life. And, and as um, we shared earlier in my bio, I'm all about being selfish. And I say that with a capital S, which is it was high self and ish. When you put ish on the end of a word, it means to be more like self. So I really teach people to start to put themselves first and start caring for them for themselves first so that then they have the energy um, and the love outpouring to care for others. So, yeah, this really evolved. It was at the start of this year and then I started to get a whole lot more clients come in the business, in the professional space um, and just really supporting them to to open their heart, come more from their intuition and to start living their dreams. And then I've got lots of men coming as well, which is fantastic. So, yeah, my business is really uh, evolved over time to, to where it is now to moving into more yeah the corporate space which is exciting but yeah I, as I share that I I had no idea about any part of it but I just hung around with the people that did and then I joined a business networking group at the very start as well so I just had all these people around me that I could ask questions to and then I got my own mentors to support me too so it really enabled me to just keep learning and using that that strength of mine that I love so much brilliant brilliant mini experiments and often those initial mini experiments you can hear that sometimes you end up in a different place than you expect starting off with divorce and you applied your curiosity and said oh well let's test this out let's see what it's like and it led you on to kids and then on to business owners I love that so let's share more of your strengths so learn is one of them and what are your other strengths achiever positivity arranger and maximizer and what do those strengths mean to you Oh, it's, it's so interesting because I first did these uh, with my metaphysics group probably two years ago and it was so powerful to look back on my life and how I had chosen a life <laughs> that was quite challenging to actually be able to put these strengths into action and I realised how much they have served me over time and so now I can really, really hone them in, in more. So Achieve is a big one for me and it really allows me to go to um, new places because I know that I can achieve things um, and that might not be in the expectations that I have but I will I'll, there's always be some sort of gold in everything that I do so I'll always achieve 
well, more fun, I suppose. <laughs> That's really where it, where it takes me. Positivity. I'm always looking for the gold and the gift in every situation. And I've been able to do that for myself. And, and now I can do it, do that and inspire others, which is really beautiful. The arranger, um, really just starting to look, and as you need as an entrepreneur, which, which is so fantastic, is to look, really look for solutions. When something comes up, I'm always, my, my mind just always goes, okay, well, there's a solution here, there's a solution, where's the solution? So I'm able to really arrange things around to actually pull out those solutions um, and get, get back on the, on the right path. The maximizer is I love empowering others and I love getting the best out of people. And I suppose I really learnt this in the palliative care space because people would look at dying as so sad, so unfortunate and would really look at their life like they didn't make much of a difference. But then when you actually start to unpack that and help them to realise their strengths um, and maximise the situation, it was able to support the carers and the client in seeing how fulfilled their life actually was, how they did actually make a difference um, and then maximise the, the carers as, as well and help them to to get the most out of the dying experience and find it really, really special and privileged and, and beautiful. Wow, I never realised that. That's I love sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> and learner, yeah, it's always been a big part of me because because I was, you know, I really struggled. I was just such a worrier, and I found life really challenging and hard. But I was always determined that there must be another way. There must be an easier way. And and I really got that through learning and trying new things and really educating myself. And, and now I'm constantly, like I study metaphysics and people say to me, oh, when are you going to finish that? And I say, well, never. <laughs> That's, you know, I'll, I'll always keep doing that and I'm always doing other things as well. And it's so important for me to grow and see more of me that I didn't even know was there. Like an example of that is my bike ride that I did in Vietnam, the charity bike ride this year. I would have known, I never thought that that was possible, but I just learned and I just got the right people on board to help and support me. And it was, it just exceeded my expectations and it was absolutely amazing. So yeah, it's not just learning in the academic, you know, education space for me, but it's, it's, you know, all other areas of life as well. And just having a go. I love that. I love how you did use your strengths in palliative care and even if on the surface of it you may not have felt – some people may not have felt like you could use the maximizer or positivity to the extent that you did and I just love hearing how you really leveraged those strengths and serve people beautifully in that space. But I'm really interested to observe over the coming months as you transition from a mixture of palliative care and mentoring and counselling to – more mentoring counseling whether you feel like the depths of your strengths are used even more because in terms of getting in at the preventative level I wonder if you will experience or if you do already you experience that positivity and maximizer even more oh yeah they're definitely there um, and I suppose that's my sort of value proposition is that anything that's like people come to me with all sorts of issues and they'll say, oh, Mel, you better sit down or no one's ever told you this or or whatever. And and becoming from my space of, of, of palliative care, you really learn non-judgment. So nothing can surprise me. And, and I help people actually turn that around and see how that was such a positive in their life. So what skills they learned from it, what strengths they learned from it. Um, and I call people uh, healing angels. I had a conversation actually yesterday with a new client and we talked about how 
the people that we might perceive as the dark and the evil and the bad about how they're the healing angels in our life and how that they help us to find parts of ourselves that we wouldn't have otherwise found and those strengths so um yeah really beautiful and I know that these these strengths will be enhanced continually now because I get and I get to put more focus into my business as well which is for me uh is the creative side so coming up with other ways to support people as well and being creative about that and and managing time so well because people are you know we're all time poor well actually I seem to get more time actually as I sort of slow my energy down but supporting people to do that and just finding other ways to 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 help like you know I'm going to start doing some online stuff and just making it easier and more accessible for people to keep growing and healing and, and connecting more to themselves yeah brilliant yes I think we can bend time I think Kate Reardon might be someone who can share a bit more about that with us. As we wrap up today, I was wondering, would you like to set a mini challenge for everyone listening in? Oh, yes. Oh, look, I'd have to say just to access that inner child, that joy within and find something. And I say I I do some workshops, inner child workshops, once a day, once a week, once a month. So finding that thing that really ignites that joy within you. There's things like... Like for me now, bike riding has become, so it just makes me so joyful. But I, things that I used to do were like, as I shared earlier, going for a walk and then just having a swing on the swing. And dancing is another one. I would put some music on at home before I went out to work and just put put a song on and just dance around the house and that would just bring me to it actually heightens your energy levels as well so it makes for a better day because you've got more energy another thing that I'm doing quite a lot of lately which I've realized is daydreaming and I'm doing it a lot I find myself in a lot of traffic lately because <laughs> with the Christmas traffic and everything and and I just use that time to daydream and I find that just brings me so much joy and also uh, reading I love reading that's another special part of things I do and then things like once a week I will actually go and, and I've got some uh, niece, nieces and nephews as well so I'll go and play with them and that really accesses my inner child joy and as a family we'll do things like go fishing and just do lots of different things which um, yeah just helps bring that inner child joy in so that we can actually start to look at life with a lot more curiosity than coming from worry and seriousness and just learn how to have more fun it's just beautiful that's a great challenge and I love how so many of the options are so readily available and low cost and all of that. I think for me, making my kids laugh, giggle is one of mine and surfing. I feel like a six or an eight-year-old when I go surfing or boogie boarding. And the other hint that Mel gave was to each night think of things, three things that you're grateful for and also acknowledge how that makes you feel. If you're already doing a lot of joy or fun, kudos to you or if you want an alternative then you could add something to your evening routine and write down three things you're grateful for and how it makes you feel and that's rewiring your body and your brain so that's an awesome tip how can people find you Mel if they want to find out more about you my website's www.successonpurpose.net.au and all my contact details are down the bottom so if you've got any questions I'm happy for a call or an email Mel, thank you so much for your time today and congratulations on your transition that's coming up in a week or so, transitioning from palliative care to more time in your business, beautiful mentoring, counselling business and we can't wait to hear how you go with mini challenge so please let us know. You can email either of us or pop it on the Nikki Smith Coach Facebook group. Thanks again, Mel. Thanks, Nikki. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. 
two things I'd like to mention. Firstly, if you're keen to boost your happiness at work, then head on over to www.nikkismith.net.au, which is n-i-k-k-i-s-m-i-t-h.net.au, and sign up for your starter kit. I share tips in there that are easy to implement and are pure gold. Secondly, if you crave a new work role and have no idea what to do, or lots of ideas but don't know where to start, then head on over and check out the 7-Step Career Change online program. This is an awesome system I use to help people create their dream life best fit role, which is a role that matches their strengths, interests and lifestyle needs. It will move you from feeling fed up, unsure and unconfident to clear, inspired and motivated in six weeks. Plus, if you want to hear more stories like this one, please subscribe and spread the word. Till next time.